4: The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael.
3: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked
5: in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos'
3: picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
8: The Green Zone with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSN, the Sports Betting Network, and welcome back to the Green Zone right here on VSN, the Sport Betting Network. Wes Reynolds, Dave Ross, here with you. Starting hour number five of our seven-hour excursion for Week Ten, entertaining football in the early session, some really bad games as well. But now we're in the slate of the three late games here, actually the four late games, and. Right now, Minnesota on the doorstep here, trying to get a score. They've really dominated this game so far. And let's bring in Chris Sheehan, who is watching this game for us. Chris, we thought we'd have more points here, but so far, very much a defensive struggle.
7: Yeah, Wes, no doubt about it. It is is looking like the Vikings could get the first touchdown of the game, 745 to go in LA, 3-3, the score here Cousins getting set up with a first-and-goal thanks to Joey Bosa lining up offsides. Kirk, 11-14, of 118 yards passing thus far. Justin Jefferson with a big catch that set up Minnesota at the Chargers' 15-yard line. And, uh, yeah, not a ton of rushing attack here. Dalvin Cook running hard. Alex Madison's got a catch-and-run after the fact. But, again, no touchdowns yet. 745 to go first-and-goal for the Vikings. Three-three. The score.
9: Uh, very quickly, Chris. While we have you here, uh, again, I backed the over pre-flop. Not looking very good. Do you expect points to start to come? Might it be an opportunity for an in-game uh, to back the over here, or would you still be cautious with the way these offenses have not been able to cash in?
7: Dave, I know that you're a former Washington guy, so you know good and well Kirk Cousins here in the second half. I don't necessarily trust that he's going to be lighting up anything. Now, the Chargers do have a couple of injuries on their side of the football, but I don't know. I saw Desmond King have a nice wrap-up and tackle here. They're playing physically, and Bosa in there now, so... Uh, I wouldn't necessarily trust it. Justin Herbert, I mean, you got to love his ability, but these are two teams that do um, struggle to stop the run, so I still think that both offenses want to establish that, but we've seen this Vikings team melt down defensively, too. How many plays did they play against the Ravens? Like 95 in the last week or something like that, so there is that burnout potential. All
9: right, let's see how that one plays out, but again, Minnesota knocking on the door of that first touchdown right now with under seven minutes to go before the first half is over. We did just get a turnover in Arizona, which could really flip that game because it looked like Carolina, up 17, was looking for more points. But if that pick stands, Arizona might get some much-needed life for Cardinal backers there. But right now, speaking of no offense, we're not seeing anything so far in Lambeau Field. as uh, We're still in the first quarter, though. Let's go back out to Tank Williams, who normally sprinkles that overdust on these games. But so far, Tank, and you said it. You thought these quarterbacks might struggle a little bit to get back and find their groove. So far, that has not happened as of yet, but maybe they'll pick it up as the game goes on. Is.
4: Yeah, We'll see. Like, if you had a late night out last night, I mean, this may be the perfect material for you to get a little midday snooze right now because both of these offenses are doing zilch for us right now. I mean, we've had two three-and-outs in a row. The Packers kicked it off back to the Seahawks, and the Seahawks kicked it right back. And so now Aaron Rodgers in that offense has the ball deep at, in their uh, territory at the end of the first quarter. And it seems like both of these teams are still trying to figure out how they're going to be able to attack these opposing defenses. Like Green Bay has been taking a lot of shots down the field, and they've been unsuccessful except for one uh, catch by Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. And then on the flip side, Russell Wilson, the only passes that he's been able to complete that has decent yardages, tight, tight end screens to Joe Everett. So they, both teams have had some uh, trouble trying to establish the run. No one has been able to, you know, connect on too many deep balls downfield. And so until both of these offenses get a little rhythm right here, I feel like it's going to be a defensive battle with both teams kicking it back and forth to each other.
9: All right. So, so far, waiting for the first points there. By the way, the Vikings had a touchdown, but it was called back Mm -hmm. on a holding penalty. So they are turned away again, but third and goal now. And let's see again if they can get their first touchdown of the game. They cannot, so another field goal coming for the Vikings.
8: And by the way, we did mention we thought we had a turnover in the Arizona game. That was ruled incomplete, so Carolina gets a reprieve here.
9: And it looks like uh, Zane Gonzalez might have capitalized for the Panthers there. Let's go back out to Eric Edholm. Uh, Eric, what, what did happen there? Because we thought we had a turnover in Arizona. Yeah,
5: I didn't see the play, so I can't really fill you guys in on that. I apologize. I'm not getting the game... Uh, as uh, frequently as I hope but it is 20 to nothing now Carolina two straight field goals from 44 and 48 yards from Zane Gonzalez. They continue to tack on the lead. There's about nine minutes and 40 seconds left in the second quarter. Thus far guys it has been all Carolina. They lead the yardage 157 to 48. They lead first downs 11 to three Colt McCoy has gotten virtually nothing done. Six of 11 passing 53 yards and one pick. And they have no run game too. You know Benjamin the leading rusher with six yards. So it's really been McCoy trying to get stuff going. He's been throwing a lot to Christian Kirk, uh, and it's unfortunately been a lot of a lot of frustration for them.
9: Uh, very quickly, Eric, because I know we're going to talk a lot, not not just here at Veasan but national media about Cam Newton and what he's done in his return. If this game holds and the Panthers win, but I do want to ask you about P.J. Walker because I kiddingly said off the top when we tossed to you for the first time today. You know, I didn't know if it was good or or bad news that Sam Darnold is not playing. How has P.J. Walker looked in his time as the quarterback so far for the Panthers? Yeah, he's been okay. He's been efficient.
5: Seven out of ten, 70 yards. He's also – he hasn't run any, but, you know, kind of moving the the ball and, you know, doing his job, so to speak. And, of course, he knows Matt Rule from uh, back in the Temple days and Walker's a survivor. You know, he's been uh, kind of around the block a little bit and found his way into this starting role, so good for him. But – it does feel like the more time Cam Newton does spend in, in Carolina uh, in, in his second time there, he's probably going to get an opportunity to start at some point. We don't know if that's going to be the next game or what, but you know, Walker seems to fit that steady backup role, replacement starter role pretty well. Uh, he just doesn't offer the glitz that Cam does, and it looks like the Panthers are going to try to get the ball in Newton's hands more this game and also going forward.
9: All right, 20 to nothing right now, all Carolina. Look, I liked Carolina a lot in this game when I knew that P.J. Walker was going to start, and I just felt like Arizona was an inflated price. Colt McCoy, love Colt, D.C. days as well, but like second week, and you've made this point before, sometimes when you come in, when you're not, you know, you have that first game, it looks great as a backup quarterback. The reason why you're a backup quarterback, not saying this is all on Colt McCoy. We'll see how the the rest of this game plays out. It felt like a good spot to hop in on Carolina.
8: And Carolina right now, minus 11.5, 47.5 on the in-game total. Of course, this did drop from 10, 10 10.5 all the way down to 7. And we do, I believe, have points on the board in Mile High City. And John Jansen, I think, can get us updated on the particulars. John, what do we got?
10: Yeah, a lot of Melvin Gordon on that drive. He looked fantastic, and he had a nice 15-yard run, 7-yard run, and then ended up getting in the end zone as well. So Melvin Gordon, uh, extremely good job. And that's something with the Eagles' defense as well. It hasn't been talked about much lately because well, the Lions and the Chargers didn't really take advantage of it, but this rush defense has not been the best this season, uh, and the the Denver Broncos were absolutely able to take advantage of that. Melvin Gordon already, 4 carries, 24 yards, and a score. There also was a taunting penalty that helped out the Broncos as well. But no, Melvin Gordon looked extremely good that drive and finished it in the end zone
9: okay so we've got a game there melvin gordon boy i remember he was going to the hall of fame when he was mm-hmm. out there with the chargers mm-hmm. uh taking some step back since then but it's good to see him back running the ball efficiently as well something that happened in the minnesota game uh that i just saw out of the quarter of my eye and we'll see if we can get an update uh in, in a little bit here uh from christian on that is justin jefferson after a completion was run out of bounds and he's over on the Chargers sideline and he kind of flicked the ball over to Keenan Allen. Now, I don't know if they called taunting or not, but, like, got to let that stuff go. Like, let's have some fun. And I don't know if Keenan's upset about mm-hmm. it, how he took it. Let's see if Chris Sheehan might be able to update us. Chris, do you see what I'm talking about there? It looked like Justin Jefferson just a little talking to with those two-star wide receivers. What what'd you make? it? And, and am I am I picking up on it correctly? Was it friendly toss or was it a little like, I'm just as good as you toss?
7: Um I kind of was wondering the same thing. I thought he was giving them a little bit of uh, jawing there and throwing the ball and I would have thought that would have been the textbook definition of taunting. So a little confused on that one, Dave. But yes, as you mentioned, there are some points in this game. We actually thought we had the game's first touchdown, CJ Ham getting across the goal line a catch from Kirk Cousins, but a holding call negated that touchdown, so had to settle for a field goal as Derwin James. Dave, I know you took the over there, but Derwin James, he's looking pretty good on that back end. He was uh, covering up Conklin. So they had to settle for the field goal, 6-3, Vikings 6-17 to go in the second quarter. And Chris,
9: as we were just debating whether or not there should have been that taunting call on Justin Jefferson, uh, Justin Herbert just got picked with a little linebacker drop by Hendrick, and it looked like uh, he got in the way of the pass there. So, This Minnesota defense, and it's so interesting with this team, uh, Chris, as you're probably observing today, they look so good in spurts, but Mike Zimmer's had a a really tough road to hoe here of closing these games out, but right now, they are knocking on the door to take a two-score lead.
7: Yeah, and Kendrick's had a sack to get this game going as well, so he was the one who ends up with the interception here, Minnesota getting set up, and Let's not forget, I mean, you know, they, we talk about some great wide receiver groups in the National Football League, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, with this team being three and five, maybe they don't get as much love as they should here, but, um, and Kirk isn't as much of a closer, can't play in prime time, but I think they're capable of putting up some points in the second half. I'm at least rooting for you, Dave. I don't know um, if, if you're going to get there. It's you know, it's six three, but we'll see what happens.
9: All I can ask Chris is that you're rooting for me. So when you get when you get that, that's that's what we're hoping for. And again, the interception looks like it's going to stand. What they did is they marked him back because he'd run it inside the ten yard line for contact, down by contact. So Minnesota starts this drive just outside of the LA thirty. They're going to have a second and ten here. Both defenses are really standing yeah, up. It's yeah, hard to get Yeah, the touchdowns. Chargers
8: almost got it right back there. Joey Bosa right in Kirk Cousins' kitchen there. Almost got the sack. Ball was up for grabs there, but nobody came down with it.
9: And again, still waiting on points in Lambeau Field, but the Packers do have a good opportunity to do just that. They've got a third and seven deep in Seattle territory. Again, Mason Crosby already missing one chippy earlier today, so let's see if they can go ahead and try to get the whole kit and caboodle on third and seven as Aaron Rodgers is going to run for a first down here, so they're going to have a first and goal scenario. Come on back. It's the green zone right here on VSUN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe
9: Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the green zone here on VEASAN. We finally have points in Green Bay and we finally have a touchdown in Los Angeles. First, let's go to Tank Williams, who was watching the Seahawks and the Packers here and it wasn't pretty, but finally points on the board, Tank.
4: Yeah, I mean, Green Bay was able to establish the run a little bit. A.J. Dillon had some successful runs. I think most importantly was Aaron Rodgers connecting with Devontae Adams on a deep play over the middle. When your offense is struggling, the one key thing you want to do to kind of, you know, provide some energy is get a chunk play. So when you get a chunk play, it doesn't force you to have to dink and dunk and run the ball all the way down the field. You eat up a whole bunch of yardage in one play, and that really helps the momentum of the offense, and it really helped. Green Bay on this drive. They weren't able to punch it into the end zone, but they were able to get in field goal range. Mason Crosby actually fences off this time with the field goal. So now the Packers are up 3 0. Now it's time for Russell Wilson and those guys to respond on the opposite side of the ball.
8: Total now down to 36 and a half Ooh. here with Seattle Green Bay. 10 minutes left in the second quarter. Packers minus three and a half, even money. That's Pretty much around where it closed. It was minus a dollar minus twenty at bed MGM.
9: All right, so let's see. We knew it was going to be bad weather, and again, we knew that Russell Wilson coming back from the hand injury, you never know how the players are going to respond with Aaron Rodgers with his situation. So predictably, maybe a low-scoring first half here. Let's see if things pick up in the second half. Uh, let's go back out to Chris because we do have our first touchdown in Los Angeles. And Chris, I just saw an amazing stat with the score by the Vikings. They are the only team in the NFL... To have at least a seven-point lead in every single game this season, and I—I'm no mathematician, but I don't believe they're over 500. That's a rather incredible stat to not be over 500.
7: Yeah, three and five to be exact, there, Dave. And you're right; we do finally have a touchdown. If going to Ty Conklin doesn't work the first time, go to him again. Kirk Cousins connecting. With the tight end there, five yard touchdown pass makes it a 13 to three game 326 to go in this second quarter. We keep harping on it. This Vikings defense missing a ton of key contributors, but Eric Kendricks is playing as is Everson Griffin. Justin Herbert so far, again, less than four minutes to go in the second quarter. is just five of eight. Obviously, no touchdown passes and an interception. Austin Eckler being held in check, too, so... I don't know how many people were predicting this, especially after the Vikings played, again, so many plays in the overtime loss to the Ravens last week, but they're holding up this week in L.A., 13-3 Vikings, a little bit before halftime there.
9: So far, so good. And, again, uh, our our producer, Jacob Roach, says that Kirk Cousins is not good enough to give a nickname to. I continually give him KC8. Let's see if he can hold on. I, I don't know what the disconnect is with this football team. When you see a stat like that, Les, but they're the only team. They're the only team to have at least a seven-point lead in every single and game yet they're they play.
8: Three, and yet they're three and five. That doesn't make any 10. sense.
9: That makes absolutely no sense. We'll see if they can hold on to this one. Uh, right now, I we're going to go back out to Eric Edholm. Uh, we'll go to John Jansen first, because things have changed between the Eagles and the Broncos. And, John, 10 nothing lead for Philly, but that seems like a, a year ago right now.
10: Yeah, it does, and I do want to mention as well that the Eagles are without Dallas Goddard. He has been ruled out of this game, so that's a big thing. The Eagles offense stalled, didn't really do well on their last drive, and right away, Denver gets a 64-yard pass, a nice short pass up the middle for Teddy Bridgewater. The passing game has honestly been getting a lot of big plays for Denver lately, uh, and they get another one here. So, yeah, they're on the red zone, knocking on the door, and potentially going to take the lead here.
9: Okay, so right now, 10-7, third and goal here for Vic Fangio in his offense Uh, Under 10 minutes to go, getting a lot more points than I thought we'd Mm -hmm. get there uh, as this game is trending to the over right now. Let's see what Teddy Two Gloves and company can get done here. But again, um, I mentioned that uh, we had a turnover in Arizona, uh, and I want to go back out to Eric at home right now because I had asked you at the last update how P.J. Walker has been playing. And look, they're completely still dominating this game, but potentially it feels like they're trying to give a turnover here and there back to Arizona to give the home team some life, Eric.
5: Try they did, and they were successful. Uh, P.J. Walker picked off, deep shot, down the middle, tried to hit Terrence Marshall, wasn't successful. Jalen Thompson picked it off, ran it back a little bit. So this is the first real big break for Arizona in this game. There's four minutes left in the half. They've got the ball at their own 32-yard line. Everything had been going Carolina's way. You know, we we talked about Cam Newton's impact on this game. P.J. Walker had been solid up until that interception. Christian McCaffrey has been running the heck out of the ball so far. But now the tides have turned. We'll see if Colt McCoy and company can take advantage of this. 20 to nothing still. They've got nothing going offensively, but this is the gift they absolutely needed.
9: Yeah, because again, Carolina on the plus side there could have gotten even more points. So right now, let's see if we're going to have a little life out of the home team, because so far they've shown none as they trail 20 to
8: nothing. Yeah, Carolina minus 13 and a half, 45 and a half on the total. By the way, Uh, Third down, not converted. Uh, Patrick did catch the ball, but foot was stepping on that white line. So, incomplete pass. Denver does get a field goal, though. Now all tied at 10.
9: Okay, and right now Seattle is moving the football uh, in Green Bay territory here. Second and five for Russell Wilson. Eight minutes to go here before the end of the first half. 3 nothing Green Bay as of this juncture. And again, we're going to have Soren Petro on later on. He is the host of the program, Sports Radio 810 WHB, to talk about the Chiefs and the Raiders What's going to happen a little bit later on. And, of course, Dr. Terrell Julian is going to join us at the end of this program with some injury updates that we've seen across the National Football League today. Okay, how about the Chargers right now? And it looks like they've got a first down as they get Justin Herbert out there an edge as he rushes for one. We're already to the two-minute warning mm-hmm. in a fast-moving game in L.A. They find themselves down 13-3. to three.
8: Yeah, and uh, Chargers did get the support, too. This was three early in the week. Then all of it, actually it was two and a half on the opener, and then went all the way up to three and a half. So to cross that through the three, I'm I'm got to think that sportsbooks across Las Vegas and across America would love to see Minnesota in this result hold because it looks like a ton of money on the Lightning
9: bolts. Didn't understand it. I kind of like the Vikings again. I saw that line move. It did scare me a little bit to that, but I did play Minnesota on a small play there. Uh, but right now, again, fourth down as that promising drive. Or Seattle is going to end up in a sack of Russell Wilson on third down. So, you know, it's very interesting. We have Steve Mackinnon on the Lombardi line each and every week here. does a great job at Vison. And he points out that when the Packers play at home for some reason, their defense plays even better. So I know all the attention goes to Aaron Rodgers and the offense, but really this defense quiet has kept, at least at home, has been really good and so far shutting out Seattle with seven minutes to go before halftime.
8: Yeah, right now the end game total thirty six and a half. Green Bay minus three in the hook, minus a dollar five, and that's kind of basically where it closed because I think it was already baked in the cake because it was five and a half on the opener. It was already baked in that Russell Wilson was coming back and probably that Aaron Rodgers is coming back. So low scoring game so far in Lambeau.
9: But, the, but at least the field looks good because we'd heard reports of snow pregame. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, no, no precipitation right now during the game. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like that. The, yeah, uh, the, the elements are really a lot of effect. the
8: weather really didn't materialize today because all we had was a rainstorm in Pittsburgh. So they had to sit through that misery in the rain in Heinz field and end up with a tie.
9: All right. So let's go back out to tank Williams right now, watching Seattle and the green Bay Packers and, and tank. Are we right on with that observation? The field and the elements, not really a, a problem today for the players.
4: I mean, not too much. I mean, we know that Green Bay doesn't have one of the faster tracks in the NFL, but their field usually holds up pretty well. It is a little bit, a little slick out there. You can see some uh, wide receivers and some people, ball carriers, losing their footing. I mean, I feel like in these situations, it's kind of like when we played Notre Dame in college. They're always better running routes and performing on their field than other teams. You can kind of see that where Seattle's slipping around a little bit more than Green Bay. But for the most part, the field's holding up okay. I think the one thing that Seattle just needs to focus on is just trying to, you know, connect some plays and try to get some momentum on offense. They had a nice connection to Will Disley and they picked up a nice little bit of chunk yardage. But besides that, Green Bay was able to get some pressure, sack Russell Wilson, and they were forced to end another drive. And so Seattle's still trying to figure out a way to move the ball successfully with Russell Wilson. So far they haven't been able to do it with the pass or the run.
9: All right, Tank, very quickly, let's go inside school a little bit because um, this might not be a surprise to you. I didn't play in the NFL so I didn't have to bring cleats to work on a Sunday. Do you guys bring different cleats, and what are the different cleat sizes that you would use in bad weather?
4: Like, say, for example, usually if you're playing on a fast track, you'll have, like, these kind of speed TDs that look similar to, like, soccer cleats uh, underneath. And so then, you know, you don't have any slick feel or anything like that. It allows you to cut real fast, nice traction. you can kind of get up and go. When you're playing on fields like Green Bay, where you probably had a little bit of rain, a little bit of snow, longer grass – you normally have like these screw in cleats. And so you may have some that may be about a half inch, some they may be about a three quarter inch. And so you try to adjust the length of the cleat based on the, the length of the grass and how wet the turf is. And so you have to kind of play around with it a little bit before the game, you warm up and go through your cuts and see how your, what kind of traction you have and then you modify accordingly. But I will say that the equipment guys do a pretty good job of being nauseous about what kind of cleats each person should wear based on their experience playing at that stadium throughout the years.
9: Oh, I'd say I'd be in the NFL if I ever, I ever had the right cleats. I never did. Come on back. It's the Green Zone right here on these the sports betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available at VEASAN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head over to VEASAN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, Head Coach, Rookie of the Year, and much, much more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VEASAN.com slash NFL. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Green Zone right here on VEASAN. And we're seeing a potential turnover right now in Green Bay they had they do have the lead three nothing but with under four minutes to go it looks like a turnover right around midfield is going to give Seattle really good sudden change field position
8: and we have two teams in the red zone by the way the lightning bolts here 114 left to go been aided by a lot of penalties Minnesota has 93 yards and penalties Oof. eight of them called. Already and accepted uh, last time out for Minnesota as they want to get the ball back. Assuming Chargers are going to score here from the one yard line. It is 13 to three. And also we are getting into the red zone, Philadelphia at mile high.
9: Okay. And Carolina, by the way, still up 20 to nothing. Uh, Arizona could do nothing with their turnover. And they have the ball around midfield with 43 seconds to go in the half as they look for even more points. But right now, let's go back to John Jansen. You mentioned that the Eagles are right there in the red zone. How'd they get down there, John?
10: Yeah, so the Denver Broncos have been applying a lot of pressure to Jalen Hurts, and so Nick Sirianni is countering that, uh, moving the pocket very well for Jalen Hurts. Uh, they're also using a lot of zone reads, and Jalen Hurts was able to scramble for 31 yards. He's been really the star of the show here. He's been fantastic in this game. He's 10 of 12 right now, 125 yards and a touchdown, and also has five carries for 52 yards. Uh, he's doing everything, but it's his legs right now that that Nick Sirianni is trying to utilize because they were able to apply some pressure to the Broncos, and this is the the way the Eagles are countering that John very quickly
9: I'm as a cowboy fan I remember years ago this might have been year three for Dak Prescott when I was doing a show in Chicago and I said really the year didn't matter to me it was more about figuring out if Dak Prescott was the quarterback of the future do you get the sense that that's the same situation Philadelphia finds themselves in with Jalen Hurts where they look at this year and go hey you make a run at the playoffs or whatever that's wonderful but it's really to figure out if they have a signal caller at quarterback
10: for the for the future yeah, well, the person calling the place as well. I think this is all just an audition for all of these guys. This is not a year that they're trying to win the NFC East or get to the playoffs. I think it's all about finding out if you have a legitimate head coach and you have a legitimate quarterback I think the head coach is the one that's gotten a lot better Jalen Hurts is putting together I think one of his best performances and I think they just scored Devontae Smith again Uh, so it looks like Jalen Hurts is getting better I need to see a little bit more because the inconsistency is a little bit uh it's something that I don't like at all inconsistency inconsistency especially in the passing game sure Uh, but he's putting together one of his better performances and
8: inconsistency at home too they have not won at home they've been pretty solid on the road and uh Jalen hurts. Come on, baby. Make it hurt. So good. John Cougar, little, little Johnny Cougar. That was my first concert at five years old, by the way, at market square arena hurts to Smith. Now touchdown 17 to 10, three Oh seven left to go in the first half.
9: Very quickly. Since you saw him in concert, when, when did he drop the melon camp and why was the melon camp thing ever a thing?
8: Yeah, uh, I I believe his second album like 8384 is when he uh dropped the Mellencamp. Well, he dropped the Cougar.
9: Oh, he dropped the Cougar and went well, to well, Mel-
8: well, it was John Cougar Mellencamp then it was John Mellencamp.
9: Oh, so he never he never lost the Mellencamp. No. Oh, I thought he lost the Mellencamp, just kept the Cougar. What do I know? <laughs> right now let's go back out to Chris uh, Sheehan watching the Vikings and the Chargers and Chris, you were rooting for my over and I feel like that helped propel a couple touchdowns here later in the first half.
7: Yes, sir. Dan, now, did either of you have a Larry Roundtree the third uh, anytime touchdown ticket? Mizzou exactly. New Tiger yes, gets in is. the end zone. <laughs> I did yep, not have that. It's Chris- now a. Was that uh, a? An that's elf- tough, then, Dave. But you're at least you're getting closer to your over now. He dives over the pile there. Making it a 13 10 game. Still in favor of the Vikings. Minute 30 to go in the second quarter here. Uh, Wes, you mentioned it. 93 penalty yards for the Vikings came in today as the tied for fourth most penalty yards this season here. But yeah, I, where'd you get that total, Dave? Like 53, 53 and a half. So you're getting closer. We're getting closer. I got it uh, 52
9: and a half earlier in the week before it ticked up a little bit. But uh, Larry Roundtree, the third, Mizzou Tiger. And what I noticed on it too, gentlemen, was he went over the top a la LaDainian Tomlinson. So those Charger fans might have had a quick flashback as he dives over the top to get that score. Uh, again, 13-10. to 10. Let's see if the Vikings try to get points before the end of the half to help me out as an overbacker. Speaking of points before half, okay, here comes a Zane Gonzalez going to try a 49-yard field goal for Carolina. Th- this has been a complete an utter domination as this kick is going to go right down the middle. And we're going to the half with a 23-0 lead. Let's go back to Eric at home. Look, Eric, we understand it just feels like a jolt of energy that this team desperately needed from the way they'd played under Sam Darnold. I'm not trying to harp on Sam Darnold here, but you just wonder after what you've seen in the first half against arguably the best team in the NFL, I don't want to say he's lost his job for good, but they're not contractually obligated to him past this year in Carolina.
5: Yeah. There's, there's always been this sense that, you know, even Sam starting well this season that, you know, he still had to kind of go out and and win this job and, and, you know, clinch it essentially. And and the way he's struggled, been hurt. Yes. But the way he's struggled last couple of weeks, and then also watching PJ Walker and by the way, Cam Newton perform today, you know, absolutely opens the door for any possibility whether it's Newton, you know, somebody else on the roster, or another quarterback in 2022. But for the time being, you just have to look at the efficiency. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, interception. That was the one bad mark on their record today, and then the kick right before the half. That's how we get the 23 zip. Meanwhile, the Cardinals fumble, turnover on downs, interception, and then three straight punts. It's been absolutely future. We know, you know, Kyler's not out there, Hopkins, Edmonds, everybody else, but... I, their inability to run the football today, uh, six rushes for something like nine yards, I think, total mm. has been the story of the game for their offense. And Colt McCoy has not uh, connected. He's connected on one pass of 20 yards. Uh, everything else has been short, 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 and a lot of
8: punts and turnovers. Dave, of course, we were all over the Zane Gonzalez revenge angle, <laughs> who spent, was the place kicker for the Arizona Cardinals from 2018 to 2020, also an ASU grad. And uh, look, making them pay has got three on the board already for Carolina, 23 to nothing at the half.
9: Okay. And uh, very quickly, before we get to St. Williams, I just want to point something out here. If you're a Viking first half backer, okay, you're up 13 to three here inside the two minute warning. I'm not going to say you're going to get a bad beat. But right now it's third and long with a minute 16 to go. The charges still have timeouts. So all of a sudden the game, you probably didn't have to sweat out at least in the first half. If you had the Vikings, you might have to sweat it out if they don't get this third and 12 and the chargers potentially could get the football back. You just never know. It's never quite two over
8: a, two and a half was that first half line, by the way, as it is third and 13 chargers with two timeouts left. As you mentioned, uh, Minnesota, really, it feels like they should be up by more, but the penalties have been absolutely dreadful as Kirk Cousins almost takes a sack, does get it away, so they will be punting. Chargers are going to get the football just a little bit over a minute to go with two timeouts.
9: Two timeouts, so again, they come down and score a touchdown. You had Minnesota first half. You had a 10-point lead inside the two-minute warning. Just saying. Right now, let's go back out to Tank Williams with the Seahawks and the Packers. And and Tank, last I saw, was that a turnover because uh, we felt like Seattle should have gotten the ball with a short field. What happened there with that that situation?
4: Honestly, to me, it looked like a turnover and that they just decided to give Aaron Rodgers the ball back. I, I mean, that's what it looked like to me. I guess Gene Steratore got on TV and said that tie goes to the offense. Like, tie goes to the running. in Baseball, this is my first time here, that. I thought that, you know, if you're scrambling for the ball, the defensive player – Clearly, had the ball first, and Aaron Rodgers went grabbing last yet. They give the ball back to Green Bay. So, I really don't understand that call, but Green Bay has the ball right now. Two minute drill trying to get in and score some points before the half. Uh, Green Bay is the only team that's been able to do anything on offense. Seattle's 0 for 4 on third down. They only have 56 total yards, even though the score is 3 0. I mean, they have to feel good about that because it's been a literal beatdown by Green Bay in an ugly match so far. Pete Carroll Tennessee was
8: trying squads. to, I think, throw a challenge flag or something, was empty in his pockets. It looked like a, It was a, maybe he's old school and has a flip phone or something because he dropped it there. I think he was trying to challenge that turnover. Did not uh, go his way here. As Green Bay now 3 nothing lead, going to have a third and two, trying to get some more points on the
9: ball. Yeah, at a tank's point, it's been an ugly uh, first half. They're going to come up short in that endeavor. So decision time now here for LaFleur and company, you're going to have four. It looks like a four is going to go for it. That, that's the vibe I get here. But you're outside, what, about the 34? It would be about a 51-yarder well, Mason do you Crosby. want to put
8: Mason Crosby in, who has missed six field goals over the last five games?
9: All right, so fourth and two right now, as I try to see exactly what the down and distance is. Fourth and two here. So you're going to keep 12 on the field and also keeping the clock running. Seattle
8: not taking its one time out, by the way, either.
9: Okay, so we'll see how that plays out. What, what do you make of that strategy of... of of Seattle not stopping the clock. I kind of like it. When you're playing defense, you can't assume that you're going to get the stop. We saw that happen with the Lions and almost mm-hmm. cost them there.
8: Yeah, and on a fourth and two, and by the way, Green Bay, yeah, as they, they were down against the play clock, going to have to take a timeout here. That's their first, so they still have two left. 107 left to go. It is a fourth and two from the Seattle 34.
9: And that was very smart. I'm not sure if that was Rodgers or four. They basically uh, milked 40 seconds off the clock without Seattle getting a shot at it. Come on back. It's the Green Zone right here on v in the Sports Betting Network.
3: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed
8: business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe
9: I'm the king of sportsbooks. Welcomes you with a lock of the year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any pro football game. And if a team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Enjoy football like never before with BetMGM special offers all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code VEASAN200 win 200 bucks in free bets if any team simply scores a touchdown. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is... The green zone right here on Veson. If you took Green Bay first half, you weighed two and a half here at Bet MGM. Eight seconds to go in the half after Seattle got a stop. And now they've got a decision time here. Do you try a super long field goal in crappy conditions if you're Pete Carroll? Or do you just big Bennett and you know three wide right? and just load it up and go for the yeah, Big Ben Hail Mary.
8: seconds left here. It would be a 52-yarder for Jason Myers. I think they're going to try to get one more play in, so we'll get you that result here later in the segment. By the way, uh, 23-0 Carolina over Arizona. Arizona minus 3, 20 for the second half. Minnesota leading in Los Angeles against the Lightning Bolts, 13-10. to Los Angeles minus three and a half at the second half, 26 and a half your
9: total. All right. So, again, it looks like uh, Seattle, there might have been a flag on the place. Four seconds to go before halftime. Again, it's a hold against Seattle. That's going to back them up out of field goal range. Now it's
8: just Hail Mary time.
9: Hail Mary time. And, again, if you had Green Bay laying that two and a half in the first half, you're feeling a lot better about this scenario versus a long field goal try. Let's get to Soren Petro. He's the host of the program, Sports Radio 810 WHB talking all things Sunday night football with the Chiefs and the Raiders. Soren, great to have you on the program today. Let's talk about your game tonight here. What do you expect? Because you look at the line here, Kansas City laying a small number, minus 2.5. I, I got to think pre-flop before we've seen the Chiefs offense and how lackluster they've looked. This might have been a five- or six-point spread, only 2.5 here. What do you expect to see tonight?
11: Yeah, throw in the fact that the Raiders played them very well last year, right, when they weren't as good and the Chiefs were still had their kind of Super Bowl mojo going. The Chiefs won the second game 35-31, but were trailing with under a minute to go, 31-28 before punching a touchdown in. I think it was about 30 seconds left in the game, and then they lost 40-32 to in the first game, and it wasn't even that close. It was 40-24 till the Chiefs scored with about three minutes to go in the fourth quarter in that one. So the Raiders, I think, really laid the blueprint for what the Bucks did and what everybody else is doing now. They got pressure. With just four, they didn't come after Patrick Mahomes with the Blitz, which he just picks apart Blitzes, always knows where to go with the football. And, you know, they really started laying the groundwork for what the formula is to beat this team. And I'm with you. I mean, you know, the – the uh, the analytics side, like Pro Football Focus, still has uh, the Chiefs as the fourth strongest team in their power rankings, and really nothing of the eye test this season says that they should be given the kind of credit they're given. With one, the point spread, and two, uh, you know the analytic community's uh, view of this team, because they simply have not played good offensive football for about four weeks. And just recently have they started to play uh, some pretty decent defensive football.
8: And Soren, to your point, Kansas city offense averaging just 12 points a game over the last three. And I wanted to ask you, Soren, if you see something specific really with this offense in terms of what they're not doing, clearly regression is going on, or do you just attribute it to a little bit of variance? Remember Patrick Mahomes last year, a lot of turnover luck. A lot mm. of balls that could have been intercepted get dropped. And this year, they're not getting dropped as he's leading the league in turnovers
11: yeah and I think there is a little bit of that right the yin and yang of things they've probably been a little lucky on the turnovers and now they're getting unlucky I mean every interceptable ball there was a stat uh, I saw that like through the first five or six weeks, every interceptible ball, every ball that can be intercepted which are intercepted at a clip of around fifty percent sixty percent depending upon who you you talk to on it, every single one was being intercepted, so there was a little bit of bad luck going their way, but Patrick Mahomes isn't playing as well. I mean, if you wanted to pick the biggest thing, and it's always many things, right? Probably nothing more than 15 or 20 percent in and of itself, but Patrick Mahomes just isn't playing as good a football. I think Andy Reid isn't calling as good a game either. I, I think the league has caught up to him, and that's normal, right? It's, it's a panic in Kansas City. Trust me. Everybody's running around like they're, you know, uh, dogs and cats are sleeping together or something, <laughs> but it, it's really just the natural progression of the NFL, right? Offenses jump ahead, defenses catch up, and that's what's going on. The the good news for the Chiefs and Where you think you've got an opportunity here, maybe with the Raiders and maybe where the odds makers are, is it's the cover two that's stopping the Chiefs, and the Chiefs just don't want to be patient and run the ball and take the short stuff, or they don't catch the ball and it gets knocked up in the air and ends up being intercepted. Uh, But if, if the Raiders are going to do that, they're going to do something they're not used to doing. They very rarely play cover two, so you're going to ask the Raiders to play a defense that they don't normally play. If they're smart, they'll go ahead and play it because everybody else has done it and everybody else has had success. At some point, you would think that, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy would come up with what the solution is and how to beat this. But to this point, uh, they, they just haven't been able to do it.
9: So it's a great point because that is how you beat the cover, too. You have to run the ball when you have those soft fronts. You mentioned that it sounds like Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, maybe even Patrick Mahomes just don't want to do that. They don't want to be that patient. Look, quiet as kept during the Super Bowl run here. They have been able to run the football. What's been the difference this year? Is it just that the offensive line is not capable of getting that push up front, or is it that they're not committed to the run?
11: You know, I, I think there's there's been a little bit of both, right? I think offensive line-wise they're actually better equipped to run the ball than they are pass block, and I think they've been trying to get in sync and find a rhythm in the passing attack and maybe sometimes shunning the run. And, and listen, I don't think it's an Andy Reid or certainly not Patrick Mahomes uh, nature to want to check down and go short and play it safe. You know, they like the big plays. They, they want the big plays. Andy Reid spends training camp talking about, listen, push the limits. We want to know how far we can go. If you're not throwing picks in training camp, then we don't know how far we can push the audience. That's the mindset that they have is to always look for the big play if it's there and take it when it's there. Mahomes has gotten better last week. There was one time he took the big shot and had Travis Kelsey open underneath and everybody then complained about the fact that he didn't take the underneath stuff. You know, so there's a little bit of just out of sync, out of rhythm. And I think they can run the ball. I mean, Trey Smith, the rookie right guard is a mauler, and, and is a nasty guy that, you know, he finishes blocks all the way to the ground. Uh, Creed Humphrey's been outstanding. He's been, uh, by pro football focus, he's the number one center in the NFL this year as a rookie. Orlando Brown's outmatched by some speed rushers, but when it comes to running the football, he's 350 pounds. I mean, he is a big mauling left tackle, and so their offensive line personnel actually fits better, and, and today, one thing to watch, they're going to be on their third string right tackle as both Mike Remmers hit the IR, and Lucas Yang's not going to be active today, so uh, they're, they're going to start the same guy who started at right tackle in the Super Bowl, and, and Andrew Wiley got destroyed uh, in the Super Bowl. So that is one thing to look at, but he's a better run blocker than he is pass blocker as well. So, you know, I think if they, if they can maul the opposition, they'll be better off. They like Daryl Williams. They like Derek Gore, who they called up from the practice squad a couple weeks ago, and, and he did very well two weeks ago, and, and there's a chance. I haven't seen the inactives the that they've come out, but there was a slim chance that Clyde Edwards-Alaire was going to play. I don't think he will play, uh, but they, I think you will see them make a Concentrated effort to run the ball and, and try to force the Raiders, who maybe are going to come out of that uh, shell zone a lot quicker than other people would because it's not their, not their preferred style of defense. So I, I think that's one of the real chess matches within the game here tonight.
8: Soren, much has been made, or at least much has been discussed out here in Las Vegas about what's the Raiders' mental state right now. Mm. Obviously, everything they've gone through with uh, John Gruden being forced to resign, the tragedy that involved a young woman losing her life at, in a car accident with Henry Ruggs and really what their mindset is. But I'm curious the Chiefs' mindset. I've seen some things on social media where some of the players are like, man, this fan base is toxic and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the mental state right now of the Kansas City Chiefs?
11: Not good. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's what it was the last couple of years. I, I think you're watching why it's hard to repeat as you know a, a Super Bowl champion and try to repeat as a conference champion. You know, they're, they're trying to win a third straight Uh, Conference Championship, go to the AFC Championship game for the fourth straight year, and that takes a toll. There's all the extra football. All their key guys are all now a year, two, three years older than when they kind of started this run in 2018, so age is catching up to them, and I think everybody else has got, you know, contracts on their mind. That's definitely Tyron Matthew, who you know, wanted a contract extension, you know, has said all the right things, but according to the people I talk to, is frustrated that he hasn't been given the contract extension. I guess the $14 million he'll be be paid this year is not good enough uh, to Focus on this year's uh, you know season and I think fans have been critical of him and that's something he's not used to he's always been the toast of the town and the honey badger and, and Mr. Popular and some fans have gotten on him asking where's your play you know we joked around let me know the next time you see Ty- Tyron Matthew get up off the ground you know, a lot of people thought maybe he was you know making some uh, you know uh, business decisions out there on the field when it came to stopping the run and and sticking his nose in there on some big plays last couple of games he's been better Frank Clark has come back healthy and he's been a big disappointment and probably will never live up to the to trade a first- and second-round pick and a $100 million contract, but he is playing his best football of the year the last couple of weeks. They signed Melvin Ingram, which I think the most important thing about that is if he can just play competent left defensive end, which he did, I think, for 29 snaps last week. It allows Chris Jones to go back to defensive tackle. He, he just is not a defensive end. He wanted to play out there. He doesn't have that kind of speed, but a D tackle he creates a lot of problems. So I think, you know, some pieces are coming together, but to your point about the mental side of it, you know, I, it's been a long time being in the limelight, and, you know, are you hungry? I, I think the Chiefs, they had the quote-unquote run it back tour where they had 21 of 22 starters back last year. That seemed good on paper, and you certainly can't fault them for getting all the way back to the Super Bowl. But I will tell you, I think you need some fresh blood. I think you need some hungry guys—guys guys that don't have rings, guys that you know haven't been part of parades. I think those are—that's an important part of the equation. The Patriots were always during So gotta get early.
9: out of here. Appreciate your information, host of the program.
0: At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar—whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast.